Hey guys, thank you for joining us today here on the Fearless Fathers podcast. As always, it's Davo here. Welcome to another interview Thursday with us today. Today on the show, I have a father of seven, seven kids, Mr. Jake Edling, that comes from Florida, the panhandle of these United States. Jake's been through many, many things in his life as, as most dads are. But one thing that really, really sticks out with him is his passion for the many entrepreneurial journeys that he's been on while he's also been raising his seven, well, now seven kids. Jake is the owner of the New Parent Secrets Pregnancy to Potty Training Program. Jake designed this program to help out with new parents with the stresses that come along as the child is negative nine months, so pregnancy, to their potty training years. And with seven kids, Jake having a 10-year-old as his oldest, and recently, recently just brought in his new wonderful child just a few short weeks ago, this dude just happens to be crushing in his own mind as he's an entrepreneur. So we're going to be really sitting down and talking a lot about his mindset of being a dad with a full house and how being an entrepreneur and a business owner has really shaped him in fatherhood and what else he has going on in this world. So Jake, brother, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being on, man. It's totally awesome to have you here. Oh, man. that I'm super stoked to be here, too. That was an excellent introduction. I'm very humbled and honored to be on your show. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, man. It's 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 always great to talk with local dads, local dads, national dads all over the world, just doing out and crushing their thing, man. So I'm always humbled. I'm always blessed that I have the opportunity, especially when dads like you reach out and want to be a part of the show. It just means the absolute world to us. So you know, the, the feelings are mutual. I'm super stoked to have you here. Yeah, you, you definitely have some outstanding interviews and just information that, that gets pumped out and on a consistent basis, which is just awesome. So again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Absolutely, man. You're very, very welcome. It is my pleasure. We're, we're just going to kick right into this. We're, we're just going to do it. So Jake, awesome. you have seven kids in your house. It's obviously a madhouse at times with the with the youngest one now. Probably what about uh, almost a month now? Yeah, on the sixteenth. What what is it that you would say is like one solid funny memory that sticks out of your mind with one of your kids? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's funny stuff happens all the time. Some of them, it's you know you got to be in the family and in the moment to find it funny or whatnot. And then other ones, you're just like out in public and you made a fool of yourself, which happened last week. Shortly after we had our first baby, our first daughter, we moved to Vegas right after she was born, like a, m- a month or two after she was born. Okay. So then um, my wife flew back to Tampa to visit some family after after we moved out there, got settled, and then she went back for a couple of weeks so this family could see Ahava. And my wife gets on the plane, you know, she's she's got her list, she's got the bags, the extra clothes, the all sorts of stuff. She's like, I'm going to go sit in the back of the plane and just hopefully Ahava won't make any noise or cry or anything like that. She was a really good baby. So shortly after takeoff on the four hour flight, Ahava just has a massive explosion of poo. (laughs) And it is one of those stinky, gooey ones. You parents, you know, your your student parents will find out and Existing parents know what I'm talking about. Leaks out the diaper, stains the car seat, and you know we got two. We got two seats. There was um, an infant seat fair 
you know, price or whatever. And then my, my wife got one. So she had the room, but it was just, it was awful. So then she goes to change. She's like, all right, I got this. I got this. You know, I'm a new mommy. It, who happens? I have a backup outfit. We're good. You know? So she goes to the bathroom right next to the rear row of the airplane. And that's not the one to change babies in. It's all the way in the front of the plane. So needless to say, (laughs) she had to take this smelly little, you know, 15 pound cute bundle of joy past everyone, change the diaper. And the rest of the plane ride was, was quite comical, but, uh, that is her first experience with just, a, you know, uh, the blowout, the, the blowout. The, exactly. The, the hideous blowout <laughs> at, at 40,000 feet. You know, it's always a, a good story. Sure. Your wife loved the fact that you just told that over the internet. I got her permission. I got <laughs> smart man, smart man. Yes, sir. I don't do that much. So <laughs> that, that reminds me that that's Samuel L. Jackson's next movie. Poo on a plane. That's exactly really? what that is. What? I don't, I don't know, man. That, that was, that, that was a horrible dad joke, but you believed it. So I'm yeah, okay. I did believe now. it. I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not up with the uh, current movies. We are all good. It just reminded me of stinks on a plane and just boom, seeing that poo on a plane and just Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> motherfucker. That, that's all I see. <laughs> Not the mile high club that people would expect to have happen, but you know, it is what it is, especially when you're a new parent and you overpack clothes and uh, yeah. you have to take that walk of shame through an aisle of a child with a blowout. So Jake, as we're going through this, can you take us a little bit through on how your upbringing really formed your parenting style? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the older you get, the more you realize that your childhood and basically your household and everything really shapes who you are. Obviously, it's the people you surround your, yourself with as you're older. But I think one thing was my my mom and dad, they went to work nine to five, they were in the corporate world. They work in the automotive industry. And my mom was a finance person and my dad is an engineer. We had, you know, your basic like rules to follow. Disciplining happened, you know, but it wasn't like extreme or anything. My parents never really yelled at us when we got in trouble. You know, it was more of a controlled, like, Jacob, come here, please. And then we would talk through it. There definitely wasn't you know, high-pitched yelling and all that stuff. Some people do. When we discipline them, we try not to yell. And because sometimes you just have to, you know, to get their attention. You know, I mean, you, everyone knows how it is, but we want to make sure that they know it was their actions that caused them to be in trouble and make them like say like what the action was. I hit my brother or I didn't tell the truth or something like that. So I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind when parenting like that. And then also my mom and dad both like to have a lot of fun too with us. So fun, controlled discipline, and that's what we try to do. (laughs) I really like that because it's such a, it's such a unique thing to hear, especially when you were growing up. For me, it was the opposite end of that. David Olander Jr., get over here now, and you're just and you're like just crapping yourself, like, oh man, here we go again, yeah. <laughs> and and there you are in a complete situation. It's like, all right, Jacob, come here. You know that that very 
serious tone, but talk it through that controlled discipline. I, I really like that phrase because nice. it's not allowing emotions to get into way of disciplining or being a parent. It's understanding and reinforcing why they got in trouble and having them tell you why they got in trouble to understand that their actions have consequences and just being able to take something like that. I mean, you know, that reinforcing you from your childhood and being able to use that as a positive tool growing up and becoming a dad yourself is absolutely like that. That's the kind of stuff that amazes me. I love it. I think I'm just lucky and blessed in that way. My, my wife was kind of the opposite growing up too. Sounds like your household a little bit. You know, there's a lot of yelling and which again, there's nothing. I mean, that's just how it is. So right, everyone has their own way. And she also wanted to have more of a controlled household. And that's, and that's such a thing too. I've seen it with myself and with my friends. When you grow up into a house of yelling at your kids, you tend to really bring those tendencies out and because that's what you were grown up on. And your wife, the way it sounds is like, I grew up being yelled at all the time and I didn't like that as a kid. So I don't want to do that to my kids because I know what it made me feel like. And I, I mean, I feel personally that a lot of us tend to forget those emotions or that really these kids are human beings at the end of the day. For me, I'm not used to being yelled at, you know? So when I would get yelled at, I would kind of like freeze up and be like, oh, you know, what's going on? How do I handle this? You know? And where my wife's like, oh, what, yelling at me? So what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a completely different skill set. Yeah, yeah. She's like, man up, Jake. So what's wrong with you? You know? <laughs> so... It's, it's got its pros and cons. When, when we're talking about that, like with your upbringing and the way that you were raised, did you always feel or did you always know that like you wanted to be a dad? Yeah, 100%. I wanted to have at least four kids. Oh, wow. So we could play like, you know, two on two basketball or soccer, or throw the football around. So now I have a whole team and uh, <laughs> even like with refs and, and cheerleaders, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we can still play. You're matching Philip Rivers for the for number of kids, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But that that's such a unique thing because I, I I always feel like people don't truly think about that when they were a kid, or you're more worried about going out there and playing basketball and busting up your knees and just really being a really being a boy and just kind of growing up in your way. And then when you really go back and think like, oh man, I, yeah, I really did want to be a dad. I knew I always wanted to be a dad and it was just something that I knew I could be extremely good at. Have you felt like those emotions continue to build more and more since you've been a dad, especially with, you know, seven children and building that family and building who you are as a dad? Um, that's a really good question. And I think now to get like real and honest, now a lot of my mind or whatever is kind of consumed with, you know, am I going to be enough? How am I going to give each of these kids the attention they need? You know, do I have too many kids now? So we're like two of my kids aren't going to want to have like a big family or any kids or any babies because it, whatever they're, they feel like being raised in our, in our big family, you know? So I'm almost kind of like, second guessing, not second guessing myself, but there's like these, like more towards a, a negative connotation on some of my thoughts to, to make sure that 
I'm going to be enough and I'm going to be able to, you know, manage all this stuff and lead my family and kids in the right direction. I want to thank you really for opening up. I feel whether you have one kid or 20 kids, I always feel like that's a major question on all of our minds. And it's one that doesn't get talked about at all. You know, I'm not a psychologist by any means, right. but you know, just, just, from, just from being around in the world, like we we so much beat ourselves down to say, are we really good enough? Are we going to be the best father? And I mean, you having seven kids, how is that time being spent between each of them? Like like you said, am I giving? you know, my oldest enough attention compared to my middle child. And now that I have a new baby who's just about a month old, now I got to divert so much more attention to them. And, and and you're really, it's almost like you're splitting yourself in seven different ways, but not even able to give yourself enough attention for yourself to make sure to know that what you're doing is absolutely amazing for all your kids. And then also fighting with the fears that well, maybe they're not going to want to have kids or they're not going to want to have a big family because they felt like they weren't enough or they weren't seen enough or, you know, insert own here. But I mean that again, I want to thank you for really opening up on that because that, that's such a powerful statement. It's so simple in the fact that we always battle that statement in our minds, but it's something like the reason why we started this podcast is to open this lines of communication and say, Hey, we're fighting this just ourselves the same like anybody out there doing anything. Absolutely. And it's, it's tough and you think you're alone, but you kind of come to realize that if you're a dad, you're going to have these feelings no matter what. And it's okay because it's normal. And then you need to like step up and trying to figure things out for yourself is don't be complacent or get stuck in those thoughts. You got to sometimes just get through the day, get through the hour, you know, Mm-hmm. to talk about your point, talk more, more on your point. Sorry. So like when we're driving to and from, you know, soccer practice or dance or basketball or school or grandma's house or something like that, I make sure to try to ask each kid a question and make them answer instead of like have a sentence of an answer, you know, um, like how was your day at school? You know, good. Well, well, no, tell me what you did in reading, you know, like dig a little bit further down. Um, and then also another thing that I think is one of the most important things is trying to figure out what personality style your kids are and play on that, learn how to play on that. So like my, my 10 year old is extremely intelligent and she loves to read and tell stories. So if I can get in 30 minutes a week with her, just me and her, and she, she's just telling me her story, like she's lit up like a light bulb, you know? And, um, even if I'm doing other stuff, like changing a diaper, cooking dinner, or, you know, she's telling daddy her story and that works. And so I just accept that. So just try to find out what they like, what their personality style seems to be, and then what they're interested in. And then just ask a question, you know, like, um, that's what works for us. And it gives, I think, me sense of fulfillment that I connected with my kid and them a sense of, okay, cool. I got some time with daddy, 
you know, what do you do? You've, you've experienced stuff like that. The way, the way that that makes me feel is it gives the children a sense of, I don't want to say respect for a lack of better term, but that sense of like, like they're a human being, like they're not just a kid. Like you're listening to a 30 minute story. You're engaging with that story. You're building, you know, you know, you're building that imagination. You're building that quality time and you're building a passion. You're building something that they truly love. You're nurturing what they love and you're growing what they love all at the same time without them. And to them, it's the best thing in the world. It's the most fun. As I'm listening to your story, it got me thinking a lot about my childhood and my parenting styles and how, you know, I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it a million more times. I want to give my son choices in life growing up. I want him to feel like he's not going to be stuck in life with doing different things by nurturing what he's going to love. If he ever tells me I want to be president of the United States, guess what, brother? I'm going to buy you a suit and we're going to figure out how to do this whole politics thing if that's what you truly yeah. want in life. And and I feel so, so much in my core as not even just a dad, but as a human being, I, I, I truly feel like at times we tend to brush off our children because we're distracted by the everyday world. We're distracted by the news. We're distracted by work. We're distracted by our own thoughts. And all they want to do is tell us a story where we say, oh, yeah, that's cool. Cool, buddy. Great. Go ahead and play. And that's it. And we, and we miss those moments. We miss those moments. And then we look back and we say, what the hell did I do with myself? Why didn't I take that 20 minutes as I was making dinner or I was writing this email to color with them or to listen to their completely outlandish story that made absolutely no coherent sense? But I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to engage. Brother, I, I don't think I could say it more how much I truly, truly love that. I, I, I don't think I could. Awesome. I mean, it took a little bit to like, you know, it's, it's just kind of a work in progress, you know, like, and it kind of comes from being self-aware. It's what it kind of helps us manage this stuff or kind of get on the path that we're on right now is like, all right, well, like by being self-aware in what you're doing and, and just maybe taking like five or 10 minutes and analyzing like what you did at the end of the day, maybe the end of the week or taking notes on, all right, well, that's something that I should have done differently. Kind of keep a tab on yourself as a parent, as a dad, you know, as a brother, as a son, as a husband, as a man, as an employee, like all the, all the hats we wear, you know, just doing a quick like self-analyzation of how you, how you did. You know, and what you could do differently. It's so ingrained in us that we tend to forget these things and we don't realize, or when we do realize, we look at the failure aspect and I can't believe I failed my kid, but they may be looking at us and saying, he's the greatest damn dad I've, I, I could ever know or the greatest person I've ever seen, but we never truly realize how great we are in our own minds, but our kids see it constantly. I mean, my kid's only two. And I could just tell right now how much he idolizes me, even though inside I may feel like I screw up and I might not be successful at certain things, but I know he thinks I'm the most successful person on this planet. And that's all that matters. So with you and that being said, 
how would you define success as being a dad? I think that if you can teach your kids how to be emotionally strong and give them the wisdom in them so they can make the right decisions when it's hard. Obviously they're going to, they're not going to make them all the time, but just to raise them in a way that they're emotionally stronger and more able to handle life at a young age. Be strong enough to be vulnerable. Be wise enough to know that life is going to knock you down, but pick them back up, dust dust it off, and go back out there and learn what your failures were. Take your beatings a little bit, you know, metaphorically yeah. speaking, so to speak, you know, so to say, and learn what you could do better next time going down the road. That is our job as parents, as the new dads out there, the ones who are fighting in your own minds. You are doing, as long as you make a conscious effort every single day to do what is right by your child, you are not failing by any means of the imagination or of that word. That word shouldn't even be in your vocabulary at that point. As long as you make that conscious effort every single day to do what you believe is best for that child, no matter what other people say, because other people have their own interjections and that's for another time. But really it's, there's no strong definition of success. And that's why I wanted to throw that question out to you because it's such an open-ended one. And it's something that we as dads don't look at in our own minds. At least for me, I had a hard time reflecting on what that word meant and what it is now to me. And to get other people to think in that light could be a huge benefit yeah. down the road. And if I could add one more thing to that too, is teach, teach them that there's, there's only so little they can control in their life, like period. And it's their, their, their own actions, their own attitude and their own effort. And other people are going to do whatever they're going to do. And we know we know inside ourselves that we did our we did the best that we can do. We're not going to let them bother us because we know we can control we we our actions. We did the best we can do. Our attitude was good, and our effort was 100 percent or 95 or as good as we could. And as long as you got that, then you're good, you know. And don't let anyone else tell you differently, or don't believe what other people say about you in that sense. So, Jake is really just bring in some great value to you guys. Before we start getting into your entrepreneurial world and everything like that, I just wanted to ask you this one last question. What's something that you would do outside of like the quote unquote parenting norms of society that you truly believe help you as being a dad? I'll do a cartwheel in public. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, just to like be silly and, and um, make my kids kind of embarrassed or uh, on a more serious note. It would be kind of what we just talked about, um, building my kids' emotional quotient, the EQ. You know, you have the IQ and the EQ, and the EQ is not talked about a lot. And it's something that I learned a few years ago um, doing kind of like personal development. And I wish I knew about that when I was younger, when I was in high school, when I was in middle school. Maybe you don't understand it when you're in middle school, but... Um, to be introduced to it at an earlier age would have helped me a lot. So I think that's what I try to focus on 
telling my kids that, you know, there's only so much they can control. Don't let the other stuff you can't control bother you for too long. Too much do we allow the outside world to dictate how we feel, how we act, how we be human beings. And we allow things, at least for me growing up, I allowed so many things outside of my control to really dictate who I was going to be. And it never did anything but make me feel oh, yeah, like garbage. Yeah, 100%, 100%. If you have to do a cartwheel in your boxers in the middle of Walmart to give your kids a laugh, then you know what, man? We're going to do, do it. it. Absolutely do it. And then you know what? You look at them, you give them a high five, you laugh, and then you go out there. Go one level deeper on that. Dude, we still, I still struggle with that now. You know what other people think, you know, like, I don't think it's something that we ever get over. You just got to learn how to manage it. hundred percent. You got to learn how to manage. You got to learn how to improvise, adapt those emotions and overcome those emotions. As we're talking about emotions, we're going to flip the script here because obviously being a new parent is extremely stressful. It's extremely emotional and it's slightly hair pulling. So you started what you call the new parent secrets and it's your uh, pregnancy to potty training program that we talked about a little bit uh, in the introduction of this episode. So can you take us a little bit more through what that program is like? I think it was really apparent to us that a lot of the, a lot of babies and everything, they're, they're all, they all act the same. They all ha- have their same needs when they're first born up until like maybe 12 months. And then, well, before that, um, as far as their, mm-hmm. how they physically needs and wants and sounds and communication is really all the same with any baby in any part of the world. And that just fascinated me. One of the things that we found, my wife found when we were raising our first child was this thing called Dunstan baby language. Have you ever heard of that? It, there's five different types of baby cries. Did you know that? Yeah, I've, I've heard of it, but I never really did a lot of research into it myself. So there's, and it's, it's true. Like it really works. Like we've used it on every one of our kids and the last three kids, barely, they don't, they hardly even cry. You know, they cry for like 10 or 15 seconds and that's it. So I guess out of this is if I was a brand new parent starting from zero, knowing nothing, like how can I help them make their life better? Make it like give them more sleep. I'm not guaranteeing these things or anything like that, but understand their baby from the beginning. Get them the importance of a schedule, the types of baby cries, a list of things that you need for the first, you know, 30 days. And so we just started compiling things and we still have, you know, some more content to create and videos and stuff like that. But as far as putting together a little program, you know, it's ready to, you know, be introduced pretty soon here to the, to the world. And, um, I think it's, and it's a passion of mine. Like I, I could talk about strollers for like two days straight, you know, <laughs> like I, just, I just love all this baby stuff. Like who wants to read like a 200 page book on, you know, a new father, you know, or breastfeeding your, lo- your little one, you know, or, um, it's like these, there's, there's books out there and there, there are courses, there are other courses out there and stuff, but it's not how I would want to learn it. And so it's just like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just make it, see what happens. And it'll, 
the worst that could happen is we help some people along the way, you know? Being a new parent, those first nine months, you know, the pregnancy time, we always forget, you know, we worry so much about mom and obviously, rightfully so, we need to worry about mom, but we also forget to worry about dad and what their thoughts are and how they're dealing with the stress, the new stresses and the excitement and the worry and the fears. And having a program like that, that's going to sit you down with mom and dad and say, hey, this is what you can expect. Having something, having a roadmap that says, here you go, everything's laid out. And you're right, there's hundreds of baby books, there's thousands of baby books, YouTube videos and all that stuff. But it gets so inundated, it gets so diluted and mucky and you know, it's like trudging through mud that you don't know which way to turn. And just by listening to you talk about this, I, I could I could really sense the passion. I could really sense the love that you have for helping, you know, helping these new parents come out here, break out, be able to welcome in their new bundle with open arms. And I mean, you said it took you, this has been something you've been working on for three years now. And obviously, that's probably had to play a major role in your mindset and even the ebb and flow of, is this even going to be worth it? And it seems like people spend more time on, and there's nothing wrong with this or no offense taken or whatever, um, on, on putting together the nursery uh, and picking out the stroller and the baby Wi-Fi cam, you know, that's overpriced or the wipe warmer that you don't need or the PPTP that is pointless and um, and not not learn how to swaddle or watch a uh, um, video on CPR, how to give your, your infant CPR. But like understanding where your baby's been for the last nine months in this dark, warm ball. And now they're born in this like bright, open, cold room with these crazy sounds. And no wonder they're going to cry, you know? And, um, like, so like one of the good, the best ways to bond with your baby as a new dad is right after they're born in the first few weeks is skin to skin with them laying their head over your heart. Because what have they heard? What have they been hearing the first nine months of life is, um, their mom's heartbeat, you know, heartbeat. Exactly. Heartbeat. And, and swaddling keeps them up in this little bundle of ball that they were in, you know, the fetal position. So, um, put them in, swaddle them, put them in the fetal position, put them next to your heart. And if they're not, if they're still crying, okay, check their diaper. All right. They're still crying. Are they hungry? When's the last time have you been tracking, you know, when they ate? Last? And, um, so, uh, are they gassy? Did they burp? You know, like what sound are they making? Like, you could spend just a couple hours and um, be so much further ahead and prepared for that little thing to come home. Is that, you know, it weighs like this, it weighs like the same um, weight as a gallon of milk, but it just changes your life, you know? So it's um, in an instant, in an instant, in an instant. It's, it's so awesome. It's so like, but you can get frustrated really quickly and, and lose some of those moments that are so quickly gone. With that, you brought this up before, and I, I was really curious on how this kind of shaped you. But you said that you've tried a couple other ventures out in the business world that didn't really work out. They were all failed. And out of those ventures that did fail, you don't have to go really into specifics about them, 
But what did that teach you as far as who you are and how that really shaped your parenting styles? So like I tried drop shipping. I was uh, selling some items on Amazon that I an, an item on Amazon that I sourced and from China and brought over here and put it on Amazon and sold. I did some affiliate marketing. Didn't really like that. I I just felt like I needed to be passionate about what I'm selling. Um, I also did, I was like a consultant, wrote Amazon listings for people, like an Amazon listing copywriter. I had an opportunity to kind of take over a carpet cleaning business, like, you know, brick and mortar, like buy a truck, go out and clean carpets. And also like uh, trim carpentry too. Um, And you know, those, those last two, it's just like you own a job. We're still trading, trading hours for dollars, but being in the corporate world, I was in the corporate world, like a supply chain manager for like 10 years. Um, but I don't, that doesn't fit my lifestyle. So I, I needed to find out something, find something different that I could one, make money in my sleep. But it was somewhat passive. And then two, served people in a way that fulfills me. The, but they can also like legitimately help them in their life. So that kind of helped me figure out the direction where I wanted to go. What you just, what you just described there is, is such the entrepreneurial journey of going out there, finding something that you're going to be passionate about, something that's going to help other people down the road. And yeah, you're trading hours for dollars and your most precious thing in this world is time next to your kids. That that's the most valuable thing oh, yeah. that you own. And, and when you trade that for dollars and you're trading that for something that just drains your soul and just wears you down, you know, it, it becomes so negative that I think that's why money has such a negative connotation, not to, you know, not to go off a tangent oh, here. It's true. And when you're truly, truly passionate about something, yeah, you want the money. Yeah, you want to have that passive income, but you also know deep down that what you're going to provide, what you're going to serve to them is ultimately going to be something that is going to benefit their life for the better because you put the time in, you put the heart in, you put that passion in. And then what does that do? It has a trickle down effect that now your kids see that they see the passion, they see the excitement, they see the want to get more and achieve more. And then it just kind of bleeds into this effect that this, you know, I'm going to use the trickle down economics, so to speak, because I can't find the the right analogy, but it trickles down into a greater, we'll even say pyramid scheme, but it, it, it really is like this pyramid motivation, passion diagram or some kind of crap. I can't even like think of it right now, but. It, it just becomes so much better and then it makes your parenting that much easier because now you're now you're happy now you're fulfilled now there's more out there than just being a mindless drone trading your hours for dollars exactly and it also like what you said while we have is time another thing we have is experiences i think most people deep down they're they want they're good people you know but they just they're they get along the wrong path but they want to experience things and having money brings more experiences, more money, the more fun experiences more often. One of my goals was and desires and dreams is to have an RV and take the kids on the road for like a year. Can't do that from a corporate job. So that was like one of the first things that drove me to like 
look for other ways to create an income for my family and a lifestyle and um, to have those experiences because literally like you only get 18 summers with your kids that are guaranteed. Hopefully nothing happens to them. And then also later in life, you know, almost 39 and then my parents are getting up there in age and they live in Michigan. We live in Tampa, Florida. So we only get to see them like once or twice a year. And so, you know, I'm like, screw that, you know, no, this needs to happen more often because my dad's 70, my mom's 67. So hopefully they live another 15 years. That's only 15 more times we're going to see, you know, grandma and grandpa. And I don't think about that. No, most like not normal to think about that when you talk to other people, which isn't a bad thing. It's just how we're, it's just how we are as a society from my opinion. And, um, we think about, oh, well, we're going to see them next summer. And, and then that's it. But you don't think about, like, I only see my family once a year. And wait, hopefully they live another 10 or 15 years. That's only 15 more times, you know? So um, it, put, it puts a sense of urgency on what we do. And by all means, I'm very like, a lazy, procrastinating person as well. It's not like, I'm all go, go, go all the time either. But um, it, when you have, when you start to think that way, your, your mind can kind of um, figure out different things for you to um, try to do and maybe, maybe try. So, you know, a lot of people don't think that, oh, I only have 15 more summers to see my parents, their grandparents. I only have 18 summers with my kids. And if, realistically it's like 14 summers because at 14 they're going to want to bring friends on vacations and not be around mom and dad all the time oh yeah you're right so you only have like those few years to spend all this time and and we don't you know it's not our fault it's the way we're programmed it's the way we're designed as human beings we we just get so sucked into that now 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 that go 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 that i need to make money i need to do this I need to sacrifice things that are not going to benefit me because it's what's worked in the past and that's what's going to make give me a maybe not happy life but a content right. life when we're when we're talking about that and really breaking away from that you know that that conformity that we're talking about in life to any dads out there today who might be listening to this and might be afraid of taking that step on being an entrepreneur and really fulfilling those dreams and getting out there, what's the one thing that you would tell them if you were in a room with them? Find something that solves a problem for someone that you are you know, somewhat passionate about, know about. You, you don't have to be an expert in something to, to, to you know, market it or sell it or talk about it or teach it. Um, you could be one step ahead than the other person, you know, and that, and that person, you're their mentor. Um, if they like you and your personalities, you know, work, click, whatever, then um, they're going to use your services or whatever. So I think that's it's the, the mindset is the first thing you need to develop and it's completely opposite from what they teach in school it's completely opposite of what you know 99 percent of people 
think about and, and do on a daily basis. So it's just know ahead of time, have the expectation that um, not a lot of people uh, are going to maybe root for you also. But if, you know, you can find something that works for you and find something that solves a problem and it's already working, like just model what works and then you're going to have your twist and your personality and your likes and dislikes and your passion to put into it. So don't think for a second that there's, oh, there's already too much out there. or There's already 18 people, you know, um, personal training in, in my, in my town, you know, that's, it's not true. There, those other people aren't you. So therefore there's going to be other people that don't like them that like you and that will, um, you know, work for you, buy from you, um, listen to you and, and make things happen. So it's, and honestly, as we all know this, but anything worthwhile takes a lot of dedicated, focused, hard work. So be ready to do that too. And if your excuse is I don't have time, well, then I challenge you to, um, to list out all the things you do in the day and then um, find that time to where it works because um, that's just an excuse um, everyone tries to use, but it's not real. You can find time if you really want to. So, Are you my long lost twin? <laughs> I don't know. I got a little passionate there, I think. <laughs> I was thinking in my head like, oh man, I'm getting a little serious here. But no, it's true. I, I swear it. It is the most accurate depiction ever. I just said it where I talk about mindset versus mechanics. It, it, it's minor just a little bit where you need to have like 80% of your mindset and 20% of the mechanics to overcome anything you're doing. And your mindset is absolutely it. Your passion is driving it. Who cares if there's 5 million people doing the same thing you want to do? Chances are there's going to be people out there that want to listen to what you have to say or are going to want what you're selling or are going to want to work with you and not work with the other people out there in the world because they don't trust them or they don't like them or they don't insert yeah. over here. You absolutely crushed that question. I did not expect that answer by <laughs> any means. Guys, take those notes. Take that down. Write it down. Rewind whatever you have to rewind from the last three minutes. Take those notes because that is a 100% accurate every step of the time. I promise you that. I'm not even going to touch that anymore. That's so cool. I, I honestly don't even know what I said really in the order I said it. <laughs> it just came out just kind of came out yeah so jake i got just a couple more questions for you today man here i mean you you absolutely you've given so much value you've given so much to our fearless family to take in to hopefully put in their tool bag to really really push themselves further to being the best damn father they know they are so is there anything else that you're like working on or anything else that you would like to add to our family today? Yeah. Um, it's another thing that guys don't really want to talk about or it's, you know, kind of hush, hush, suck it up and, um, deal with it is, uh, that you're, you're going to have situational anxiety and situational depression. And if you don't, that's fantastic. 
But if, if you do, like those two words for me, anxiety and depression, were forms of weakness. You know, like I'm not depressed. I'm not anxiety. And I'm not anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, I get nervous. Yes. And maybe I get a little down. But I'm not, you know, I don't have anxiety or depression. Well, I fell flat on my face with that statement, you know, through these past 10 years. And, and it's, it's normal, like, to feel those, those ways, anxious or depressed at times, because your whole life's like changing and your needs and your, the mental self-talk that goes through your head and, and, um, the needs of your wife and your, or your partner, um, I call her my, my woman, you know, the needs of your woman and, uh, your kids and your job and your family and your future and your, you know, bills and flat tires and all sorts of stuff, you know, like it all, it's all just going to, it's all just going to happen. And, um, just find someone that you can share your feelings with some of it's hopefully your, your wife or, um, or, you know, one of your good friends, good guy friends or something, but make sure you try to talk about that. Um, like, Hey man, I'm, I'm feeling kind of down right now. I'm not sure why. Um, and then try to figure out why you're feeling down. And, um, you know, comes back to that. What you were saying is that self-awareness and it's just, it's just really important. And then if I could leave the the new dads or expecting dads with just a, a couple bullet points is, you know, um, look up Dunstan baby language, learn how to swaddle. Um, when your baby naps, vacuum, have them out in the r- main room and vacuum ar- around them when they're sleeping. Like talk about, like, don't put it, put them out. Like don't let them rule your house. Um, you trust me, you'll, you'll be, you'll thank me one day or, or something like that. But like, <laughs> it, like yep. my kid will be sleeping in the car seat in the, in the grocery store or something, you know, and, and, um, over the years and I'll be like, Oh, shh. I'm like, no, she's fine. She's out. You know, it's good. Um, don't worry about it. You know, baby sleeping. It's all good. Pay attention to the physical cues that your, your baby, um, is doing and acting. And, um, and then also this is kind of silly, but practice doing things one handed because like, Opening a box of cereal, getting some milk, um, putting on your shorts, you know, like, um, I have a, I, sh- I send out like a daily email or almost daily email. One of the things that I wrote, uh, like two weeks ago was I wear a white shirt or a black shirt and pants, like sweatpants or gym shorts with pockets. Cause, um, you're either going to get puked on or you need to wipe your, wipe your fingers on your, on your shirt because there's no paper towel around. Um, or, uh, or you're going to pick up a passy or something on the floor that doesn't belong there and it goes in the other room or across the house or upstairs or downstairs, you know? So, um, just, just, uh, try to use some of these things that I just talked about. It'll enable you to be better, better prepared for what you're getting into or what you're already into. Jake, two part of question. Where is it that our listeners can find you if they wanted to learn more about what you do with the pregnancy to potty training? And in your own words, what does it mean for you to be a fearless father? There's a couple places you can find us. It's called I Am a New Dad Facebook page. There's the New Parent Secrets Facebook group. There's the NewParentSecrets.com. And then there's also, if you want to email me, uh, it's hello at 
newparentsecrets.com. In my own words, what does it mean to be a fearless father? I think it to to put in the work to be prepared physically, mentally, and emotionally for whatever life will hit you with. Um, so you put in the work so you're prepared physically, mentally, and emotionally for whatever life's going to hit you with. Um, it can hit you with some doozies. So there you go, guys. That is some amazing stuff. And we're going to have the links for all of that that Jake just gave you in the description of this episode. So if you want to find them all there, you could get those. The email and all that will be right in the description for you. Keep building one step at a time, one day at a time. Keep putting in your reps. You guys are doing the best. You guys are absolutely amazing. If you're listening to this show, you obviously want to change. You obviously want to get better. You obviously have some thoughts that you're trying to break. And that's fine. We're all doing it our own way. So just keep going out there and keep crushing it. Jake, brother, amigo, friend from Florida, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. It truly was absolutely amazing to have you on. With oh, it was so much fun. Thank you so much. I mean, I can't, words can't describe how thankful I am and how much fun like this was. This was my first interview ever. So I appreciate your time. I'm very humbled and honored to be on your, on your show. And, um, again, you, you, you run a great show and, I love your mindset. I love your passion and it and compassion as well. It, it really comes out in every episode you guys produce. So I I hope we can we deliver the same today. Really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Re- always means the world when I get those words, especially from a uh, experienced father like yourself who has almost a full entire offensive line plus some. <laughs> so uh good, good for you, man. Yes, sir. All right. So I want to thank you guys today for tuning into this episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. Jake dropped a ton of great information for you guys today. Take those little nuggets that he told you. Take that new stuff. Just know that everything you're doing, you're doing it just right. You're doing it just well. Embrace that fear of being a new father. Go out there and just know that you don't need all the, all the crap out there that they're trying to sell you. If you like what Jake said and you want to learn more, make sure you check out New Parent Secrets. You can find all that stuff at the bottom in the description of this episode. Go out, support him, like him on Facebook, shoot him a line, say what's up. He's a great dude. I've been talking to him for a while now, becoming a really good friend of mine as a fearless father himself. Continue to support this podcast to other fathers who may need it. Drop us a like and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to us today. It'd go a long way in helping us reaching this to more fathers out there. And just continue to be the best damn dad you know you are. We are continuing to take this fight one step at a time, one day at a time. And together, we're going to embrace the fear. Bye.